Great to be with you this morning. I am uh, so grateful for Pastor Steve and Mamie and just for your partnership as a congregation uh, to, to partner with us in God's work in needy parts of the world. And so Pam and I, my wife and I, we started a mission agency some years ago now, and we specialize and focus on, focus on starting brand new churches in needy parts of the world. We focus on unreached or underreached areas of the world. And so I've brought a report for you this morning uh, because you guys are partners with us in this work. And uh, I want to give share that report in the context of a mission message with you this morning. So uh, actually, let me just have a prayer and, and we're going to dive right into things. And Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for these hearts that, that long after you and want to be a part of advancing your kingdom as we celebrate some of these reports this morning, God, we, uh, we want to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I simply want to present a message asking, why pray, why give, why go? Well, the answer is because hundreds of millions of people are lost without Christ. They are separated from Him by spiritual darkness and deception. And the Bible makes it very clear that it's every believer's responsibility to help reach the loss for the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first reason of why we pray, why we give, why we go, the number one reason, and we can never forget this, is because the Lamb is worthy. Amen. Revelation 5.12, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Revelation 7.9 goes on to paint that picture that that day is coming at the end of time as we know it where people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be gathered around that throne honoring and worshiping the Lamb. Think about it. Redeem people. The family of God. Every culture celebrating, worshiping Him for the victory He has won on our behalf. The one who died a shameful death to redeem the peoples of the earth will be the object of honor and praise for all eternity. All of history is going to be consummated in the praise of the one who gave himself for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. He did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't have to suffer. He didn't have to die for me and for you, but he did. And not only for us, but for every human being who has ever lived and who ever will live. He carried the weight of the sins of the world. And would you agree this morning that he is worthy? Could you say that with me? He is worthy. Say it again. He is worthy. So this morning and every day, it's all about him. Mission is all about him. It's not our crafty programs and I have the privilege of coordinating and, and putting mission trips together and strategically planning new church plants in needy parts of the world and we work with people actually from across the country we've had people overseas and 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 uh, but it's not all about our strategies and our church programs or our missionary outreaches or our budgets and our faith giving it's not even primarily about lost people and hurting masses. It's first 
and foremost about Jesus, the lion who became a lamb, the redeemer of all peoples, the savior of the world. We do missions for him, guys, <laughs> because he's worthy. It is all about Jesus. And so he will receive the just reward of his suffering and the praise that is due, the one who is the creator and the redeemer of all things. The lamb is worthy. Secondly, I want to remind you that the spirit is moving. Acts 2 tells us in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I know sometimes in our country we turn on the news and we can watch all the things that's happening in our culture. We can watch this spiral and this decline that, that we're experiencing. And we can tend to forget the spirit is still working. Amen. There have been times throughout history where there's been a move of God on one continent and then at other times another continent. But I'm here to report to you that the Spirit is working across this world. And there are reports of millions of people who are responding to the gospel message. We live in exciting times. Do not be discouraged. When the times are dark, the light shines the brightest. Thirdly, the lost are dying. I know we all hear that, and as believers we understand that. But, guys, it... We constantly have to be reminded there's a real hell. There's eternity after this life. I mean, the lost are dying, and we need to work harder to do something about that. Statistics tell us that less than 7% of evangelical Christians receive training of any sort of, for evangelism. And it's not just because churches aren't engaged in that. It's because people aren't participating in that. And less than 3% of believers ever personally lead someone else to Jesus Christ. Yet statistics show us that upwards of 90% of people who get saved do so through a friend, through a relationship. And so it's like having an army of 100 people and getting ready for a battle. Only seven have been trained and only three have actually fought before. I mean, that doesn't give you a lot of confidence so that's why we have to work harder. We have to understand and take seriously that we're called to participate with the Lord to, to help win lost people to Christ. Nothing is more important than being about the work of God in the scope of eternity. You know, nothing else really matters. The only things that we can take to heaven with us are people. A billion people on this planet have never even heard about Jesus Christ before. A billion people on our planet right now have never heard the good news. Acts 4 talks about salvation being found in no one else. Right. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And Romans 10 tells us, well, how are they going to hear about him? If, if somebody's not preaching. And how are they going to preach if they're not sent? And so that's where mission comes in. It's by hearing and believing and calling on the name of Jesus. That people are rescued from a certain and eternal separation from God. Why pray? Why give? Why go? Well, fourthly, because the poor are suffering. People are suffering. They're victims of drought and famine and poverty and injustice. And I have to tell you. 
uh, over the last couple years of this pandemic, poverty and suffering has elevated through the roof. Um, over the years as a mission agency, we've had the privilege of working a lot of different places in the world. We currently are drilling deep in five areas of the world. We, uh, we work in the poorest country in South America, and that's Bolivia. And uh, in fact, I was supposed to be in Bolivia right now uh, with a team. And due to this COVID protocol stuff and everything, that, that trip got delayed. It got canceled, actually. And we're, uh, we do have uh, an advocate that works with our ministry who's there on the ground right now, flew in, he and his wife. I've been getting texts and reports of a church that we sent finances for that we were going to help build. Uh, so we are in a process of continuing to help that church get move along. And then I also got reports of future projects. And these are in needy, needy areas. We lost over 100 pastors in our network alone in Bolivia to COVID in the last couple of years. I mean, think about this. This is a small, very poor country. People are malnourished. People don't have, there's not a good medical uh, infrastructure there. And the elevations in the mountains with uh, some of the lung issues that this uh, virus had brought, people were literally just uh, dropping. And uh, I mean, you don't go down to the temp agency and just get a pastor. That's, so pray for Bolivia. We have been sending finances to them consistently to care for the widows, to care for these needy pastors' families. So even though uh, uh, we haven't been on the ground like we're accustomed to being there and building churches in these needy areas, we're still very much engaged there. We also uh, work in Pakistan. My associate who works with our ministry, with Think Missions, he has been doing remote evangelistic crusades uh, in Pakistan where money and funds are sent over, and they rent buses to go into the brick kilns, which are very, very poor uh, labor communities. They bus them to locations. They put a big screen up with a video projector, and he preaches evangelistic gospel messages, sends money for food to have food outreaches during these needy times, Bibles, purchase lots of Bibles, literally seeing thousands of people in Pakistan making decisions for Jesus Christ. I, I mean, he has documented numbers that will blow your mind on how people are responding uh, to the gospel message. And then I have a slide here of one of, something that's been going on in northern India. God called us to go into 1040 window. Uh, so we're in West Bengal, up in northern India, where the Christian population there is 0.01%. Less than 1%. Statistically, there aren't Christians there. We went in some years ago to plant churches because that's what we do. We didn't have pastors to plant churches with. So we had to take a step backwards and start a, build a Bible school. So we have built a Bible school there and uh, graduated a class. And then COVID hit. And the pandemic, the government shut everything down, uh, shut our Bible school down. All the public schools shut down. And uh, so this is an area where these people are in the caste system, lower caste. They make $2 a day picking tea leaves. Uh, everything was shut down. No work, no government safety net. Uh, guess what? The other religions were not 
taking care of people. The government, the other uh, false religions. So here you have this little minority Christian church going into these communities, buying bulk foods in their time of need, having huge food outreaches where literally thousands of people have been provided for and fed. The gospel's preached at every outreach. You can show the next slide. Uh, Prayer is offered at these outreaches. Next slide. Uh, How do you like that hat Pastor Besant's wearing? He's yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. We love that. He's he's our he's our uh, apostolic leader that is heading up our church planting um, network over there, doing an incredible job. Next slide. Uh, this is his wife, and she also does um, human trafficking education. So, in concert with a lot of these outreaches. We're having human trafficking education. We're doing medicines and medical things. Um, See, many miracles happen because people are destitute. They have nothing, a lot of physical issues, uh, offering prayer, seeing healing, seeing the Lord doing incredible things. But the human traffic thing has just blown up as well because people are so desperate. Uh, They come in, the traffickers, and they deceive the families and young girls. We have work for you in the city. Of course, they get them into the sex industry and trafficking. Next slide. So they came to us and said, you know what? There's this terrible need. Uh, Can you help? And so we are sponsors and partners for $1,000. We can rescue a girl, house them in our Bible school, and have a six-month residential program for these girls where they are housed and fed. Praise the Lord. I mean, lives are being changed. And, and we had 20 girls this past spring, January to June. I got to speak to them uh, several weeks ago for graduation remotely. And um, just incredible things that God has been doing in their lives. Uh, we hire three teachers, so they are getting vocational training in computers in sewing and tailoring, they call uh, and also in beautician school. So they have a vocation. So once they leave, next slide. So each of the girls was purchased a Bible. Now you've got to understand, they have horrific stories. Many of them come from very difficult backgrounds. Um, you know, false religion, generational false religion. And uh, so... They're living in our Bible school under this program. They all receive Bibles. Next slide. And uh, here they are at graduation. Look at the light in their eyes. All 20 girls have accepted Christ. Every one of them have accepted Christ. We praise God for that. They are beautiful. Uh, I mean, it's just incredible. One young lady, um, I got a text, pray. One of our girls was scheduled for surgery. She had multiple tumors in her breast. And um, so we're all praying. And then I get a text later. They took her into surgery, went to operate. They couldn't operate because there weren't any tumors there. I mean, (laughs) I can tell you the Hindu gods did not do that. The Lord of Lords did that. 
And when you're living with 20 girls and there's miracles like that, you're accepting Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you. Next slide. Here they are. You know, they're helping to serve at their graduation. Next slide. Look at this. We had a donor who was so impressed with this program. He purchased a brand new sewing machine for every girl. 20 brand new sewing machines so they could each take that back to their towns and, and have right then an ability. All of them have become very competent and, and they're making uh, all kinds of things so that they can have an income. Next slide. Oh, they've got certificates for their graduation. Next slide. Okay, Cuba. You guys know that we have been involved in ministry there for a long time. You've participated in that, in our church planting. Some of you have been there before and, and uh, helped. And you guys recently, on our last trip, the first time in over two years since they just recently opened, we had a team in there. You provided uh, some uh, relief supplies. In fact, I think that's some of the freeze-dried food. I was looking at that. I think that's actually some of the freeze-dried food that came from this church when you guys collected relief supplies. So thank you. Thank you for those medicines and those hygiene items. And uh, things are so desperate there right now. It, it's, I mean, I've been there over 20 years working there. And uh, I've never seen it this bad before. Um, they don't have fuel to, there's fuel shortages, food shortages. People are getting up really early in the morning trying to get somewhere to find some food for the day. Lots of people have actually fled the island um, because things are so difficult. Um, our ministry typically there is we, um, you know, have a week-long church planner training conference and we help plant churches. Because of their incredible needs right now, we have been helping them with relief mode. So we were able to carry in 400 pounds of supplies. And I'll tell you what, um, they just, they're welcoming these supplies now. Our team had no issues at all. And we were able to help resource with some of this relief work. So all, everything you guys sent got carried in directly and distributed to these needy church planters. We, they're called missionaries. They're the ones that are out planting the churches. Next slide. There's another missionary who received some, some supplies, and please be praying. We were hoping to have another team in there in September, um, but uh, there's only one airport open on the whole island, and so they recently opened another airport, and since fuel was so, so scarce, we couldn't fly on one end of the island and drive to, to meet with other needs. And so recently another airport's opened up, we are scheduled, uh, actually we're purchasing airline tickets this week to get a team in in November. And then we'll be back in two or three times in next year, uh, you know, in the late winter and early spring to continue to help and hopefully get back into some more church planting. We did help with one church plant on this last trip, but most of our efforts have been going to relief work, just caring for these needy pastors. We've lost over 20 pastors in our network with, with COVID. Over 20 pastors, people I've worked with, um, friends, it's just been these poor places. They, they have no medicines. Uh, in fact, somebody donated some IV things to us, and our guys came back and said, don't even bother carrying that in because if you don't have needles, they're no good because they don't even have needles to, to minister the tubing and all this stuff. It's just, 
Yeah, I mean, you can't imagine how poor it is and, and people literally, you know, searching for food. Next slide. Okay. So the Bible says in James that religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, that we care for the orphans, care for the widows. That's what we've been doing in these needy places is caring for these orphans and widows and trying to help in any way we can. But the fifth thing I want to share is, and remind you, you know this, the church is commissioned. Some of Jesus' last words as he was ascending back to the Father, uh, go, make disciples of all nations. At Think Missions, we believe that the, the best way to truly be obedient to Christ's command to go and make disciples is to plant a church because the church is the hope of the world. The church is where people can hear about Christ and even more than that, then become discipled, become a part of the community, grow in their faith, grow in the fellowship. And so that's why all of our missions in one way or another are centered around the church, the indigenous church and helping to plant the church. By God's grace, uh, I am so thrilled to report with you because of partners like you and so many others. We've had the privilege over the years now of helping uh, churches like yours to be a part of planting over 470 churches now. I mean, praise the Lord for that. And each of those churches have their own facility. Now, many of them are a house. Some of them are big buildings that we've helped build and physically helped build with teams and and help to finance, uh, but many are a house, but they all have a pastor. Uh, it's, it's, not, you know, it's not just a cell group with, with Laylee. These Every church has a pastor, their own facility, and they are, uh, you know, most of them are all indigenous. And, and I mean, when I say they're sovereign, you know, we help them get out of the gate, and in no time at all, they're growing and become self-supportive. In fact, that model of ministry that we have insisted upon is, is not as Americans pushing our stuff onto these places, but allowing them to have their ministries and us just being supportive. In fact, when we built the Bible school, uh, the pastor there said, you know, we're going to put a, a cornerstone and it's going to say, think missions on it. And I said, no, you're not. He goes, oh, yeah, we, we want to honor the ministry and, you know, all that you guys did. And I said, there are no Think Missions churches anywhere in the world. This is your Bible school. This is your ministry. We're just here to serve and assist. And thank God for those indigenous principles because since we, could not, we couldn't travel the last couple of years with teams, Ministry still took place because of the indigenous works and the leadership. We were able to do things remotely and send resources and continue to do things. And so uh, we, um, next slide. What's going on now is since in India we were shut down with the pandemic, our leaders moved to Nepal. And we started a new Bible school in Nepal last, this past year. And we are so excited about that because it, you know, we're, we're going to drill deep there because there's incredible need there as well. And so we started uh, last February a one-month intensive Bible program. Next slide. Uh, we had 27 students yeah. in Nepal that graduated from that. And 
we um, have a vision, our leaders there have a vision now to reproduce everything that's taking place in northern India into Nepal as well. So the human trafficking need in Nepal is horrible. I mean, they are, it, it's just, I can't tell you, it makes your stomach turn with what's going on. So we have a vision, we just had some land donated, we have a vision of building a church Bible school that will serve as a Bible school in the fall, another six-month residential program for the girls. We believe for 20 girls, $20,000 will house 20 girls in Nepal, 20000 will do 20 girls in India. We want to have 40 girls in our programs next year, 2023. We want to have at least 25, 30 Bible school students in each Bible school, Nepal and India, because we have a lot of churches we need to plant. I mean, and we just had, next slide. Oh, this was a youth program. Pastor Besant was able to, uh, to gather young people and do a two or three day conference with the young people. They had a powerful time uh, in Nepal. Next slide. Oh, this is, <laughs> how would you like to be in that service? <laughs> this is in northern India, and we were doing construction all day long, preaching every night and driving out in the communities. We pull up to this building that they were just renting and using, and I'm like, can even another person even fit in this place? And outside the window, people were pressed against the window. There were all kinds of people outside the window. And I remember having a young guy from Philadelphia area on our team, and he was preaching that night. And typically when we're preaching to the Christian church, it's mainly a message of encouragement. This guy preached a flat-out evangelistic message. I mean, God just led him to preach. Well, here we learn later that everybody outside, they were Hindus. They wouldn't come into the Christian church. But boy, did they want to hear what was going on. We got to preach to all these people. And... and, and <laughs> I stepped up, Pastor Basant, after the message and after the ministry and praying, he says, Pastor Pat, Pastor Pat, will you come and close in prayer? And I stepped up, and you know how we do. We say, um, you know, <clears throat> I, I said, let's, uh, let's pray. And uh, everybody just goes, they just start praying out loud. <laughs> I'm like, all I said was, let us pray. And, you know, I meant I was going to lead in prayer. And they just went, they're going crazy. And it didn't stop. It didn't stop. It just kept going on and on. And so, so little, little Pastor Besant walks up and he kind of grabs me and he pushes me out of the way. And he says, he says Pastor Dwayne, my associate, he goes, Pastor Dwan, he calls him. He goes, would you come and close in prayer? You know, like since Pastor Pat doesn't know how to do it. I'm like, so Dwayne, and that was that service right there. I mean, blow you away. So anyway, they come to us after. They were meeting in two locations, using this building and meeting under a tarp in another location. A local tea garden manager said, we got a piece of land. We can't use it. It's not desirable, but you can have it. And you only have a certain amount of time to get a structure on it because it'll the next manager's probably going to take it back. And if we get a structure on it, the government will recognize it as a minority religious group, and it's yours. So we get the word out, and look what happens. Next slide. They get a brand new church. 
a brand new church. And this is the dedication. Praise the Lord. This is the dedication of this facility. Next slide. I mean, look at that. People are so excited, just praising the Lord. And uh, that church is doing really, really well right now. So that's a, we were celebrating that church plant and all God's doing in, in, in that. Next slide, please. Oh, here's a widow lady and her son who just donated a piece of property to us recently, some months ago, in northern India for a new church. Next slide. Here we are. Pastor Basant is doing a groundbreaking ceremony because, again, they have to get something started. And by God's grace, we've... We've been able to raise a portion of, of the budget for that. We have a lot more we need to raise, and we are hoping to get a team over there, too, to help. We, like, we enjoy helping and participating in the construction projects with them. And it gives us an opportunity because, you know, a lot of people say, well, what can I do in, for mission work? And I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to teach. I'm uncomfortable with that. You know what? I'm going to give you a cement trial. I'm going to give you some pile of bricks, and we can build a church. I guarantee it. I mean, I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your physical abilities are. We've had people, uh, I mean, lady with crutches, a lady with crutches, you know, climbing up scaffolding, handing up wow. buckets of mud. I mean, we've had senior citizens. We've had children, you know, young people. I mean, anybody could be used by God. And we're excited about that opportunity. We also, during this pandemic, because finances and needs are so bad, they came to us and said, what do you guys think about micro-business? I was so excited because that wasn't our idea. Now, we have micro-business, you know, other places, and, uh, but not there. And so I was very excited about their initiative. And so they went and they have government-approved I mean, contractual stuff for for $1,000, we can sponsor a micro-business for a poor pastor that it gives him five years. It's a loan. $1,000 gives him a loan for five years. He pays that back, no interest. It goes back into the capital fund to be used for another. So it's perpetual. And we have several of these micro We want 50 micro-businesses for the 50 poorest pastors throughout this region of northern India. And this has all been approved and recognized, and it's official. So there's a lot of high accountability, and we're seeing a lot of success with that. And that's helping these poor congregations and these pastors. Next slide. Here's the result. Hey, I think you guys know that lady in the water right there. Kathy, you know Kathy, she was with us and, and we had the privilege of being a part of one of these baptism services. Next slide. Again, this is a more recent one. This is what happens when the gospel's proclaimed, when people are cared for. And I got to tell you, you know, when we get water baptized here, I mean, it's significant, it's special. Uh, but when you get water baptized there, you get a big target on your back. Sometimes you get ostracized from your family. Two summers ago, past June, 15-year-old boy decided that he wanted to serve Jesus Christ. He made a public profession of that. He got murdered by radicals. So I can't tell you how exciting this stuff is. It means so much to take a stand for Jesus Christ and, and to live for him. Next slide. 
Here's Cuba, guys. This is a part of a ministry you guys have, you know, participated with in, us in over the years. These specifically are evangelists. Several of our donors help uh, the evangelists to be able to go across the island and lead people to Jesus Christ and get them into local churches. This is a recent training. They sent me a picture that they were encouraging the evangelists, training them, equipping them to go out. So, next slide. Ah, I got to preach again. How about that? Here we go. Let's bring this baby home. Bottom line is, willing hearts hear his voice. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. That's why we need to go. That's, why, that's how we obey the commission. Number six, the believers are perishing. Proverbs 29 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, I'm not talking about our salvation. I'm, not, I'm talking about living to hear those words on that day when you lock eyes with yes. Jesus Christ. Well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. And, and you know, you were faithful. That's, at the end of the day, that's what this thing's about. Are you in the center of God's will, doing the best you can just to say yes to him and, and to hear those words? Well done. I like the way that author Floyd McClung says this. He says, without a vision greater than the pleasures of our culture and the comforts of life, we will perish. Yes. We must get involved in the nations. It is not enough to send our money because money does not have to lay down its rights to weep or give of itself. It is not enough to send native workers because native workers cannot pray, love, and disciple in our place. God uses people to reach people. He uses people to encourage faint hearts. If for no other reason, we must go for our sakes. If not, we will surely perish. For the sake of the church at home, we must give our very best. Lest we die from lack of sacrifice, from lack of personal involvement. If we will not, if we believe not, we will perish. Wow. Those are some challenging words. I know, guys, this mission stuff, and especially places we go, it's kind of scary. I, I shouldn't tell you all the stories. <laughs> but there's nothing better than being God's, Jesus' feet, his hands extended. There's nothing like, I remember a pastor that I took to the island some years ago, and and we were praying after a time of ministry and the Lord impressed on him to pray for a young couple because they couldn't have children. And, and he felt so firm. He was hearing that from God as he's just praying and praying. He went and got a translator and said, what is their prayer request? They need you to pray that they have children. He already prayed that because the Spirit showed him. Guess what? That guy went back with me one year later. And when we pulled into that same location for a church planner training conference, a young couple came running to him. They had a little baby. And not only did they have a little healthy baby, they told the story. It was an ectopic pregnancy. That baby was survived outside the womb, made it to term. I mean, double miracle, out miracle upon miracle. And you know what? A Ben Franklin, you know, a $100 bill, couldn't have 
heard from the Spirit to pray that prayer, yeah, to make right. that point of contact, right. that faith point of contact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It took a person that was willing to listen to the Spirit and meet that need at that point in time to see that miracle. So there are so many incredible opportunities. Finally this morning, the Father's waiting. The highest motivation for preaching the gospel, again, is not just what lost or needy people receive from our efforts, but let me remind you again, it's about what God receives from them. Missions is first and foremost. It's an act of worship to our Lord and Savior. It's an act of obedience to the one who <laughs> left. He was the first missionary. He left all the glory of heaven to come to us. He created the nations to seek after him and to find him, Acts 17 tells us. He made every human being to find their purpose and their satisfaction in their creator. To paraphrase John Piper, God is most glorified when the nations are most satisfied in him. So why pray? Why give? Why go? Because the Father's waiting. We know the scripture, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow. And keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He longs for the worship and the obedience of his creation. Like the father of the prodigal son, God is yearning for the peoples of the earth to come home. Come home to him so that the whole earth will be filled with his glory. Let's, let's work hard not to make him wait. Can we do that? Can we work hard not to make him wait? Would you stand with me, please, this morning? I just want to have a prayer with you. And I, I know I covered a lot of material quickly this morning, but I want to just take one moment uh, in the midst of my you know, being all around the world here, five different countries for you, um, just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So if you don't mind bowing your head and just closing your eyes and just take a moment to listen to the Holy Spirit because I'm not sure, um, you know, what He's going to speak to you. I mean, we've looked to His Word We've read the scriptures. We know that doesn't return void. We know he's at work. And so we know he wants to do something. But right now, if you'll just seek him, just listen to his voice, he is so faithful. You know, maybe you're going to be with some extended family members this afternoon that the Holy Spirit's pricking your heart that, hey, it's time. You need, you need to talk to him about Jesus. Maybe at work tomorrow or this week, you have some colleagues or maybe there's a friend that you just, you know, they know that you go to church and, you know, you're maybe religious or whatever they perceive, you know, and... Uh, maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, hey guys, the time is short. We can all pray. 
we can all give. And you know what? We can all go. Our Jerusalem, there's Judea, there's Samaria, and there's the ends of the earth. Let the Holy Spirit just speak to your heart right now. humble ourselves in your presence right now and God I'm, I'm sure that there are people here this morning that feel like like I do sometimes that what do I have to offer what I I'm not the most gifted I'm, I'm not the most talented I'm not I, I mean how could you use me God, I know for a fact that no matter what, it's not about our skill sets. It's not about what we can bring to the table. It's just all about you. And, and Lord, I don't know what that means for each of us. I do know that you have a plan and you have a purpose. And I do know that we will never find the kind of fulfillment we will never live the full adventure that you have ordained for us unless we're in that center of that plan. And so, Lord, if there's those here this morning who might be a little discouraged and just wondering, you know, how they can get through their week and struggling with the family or finances or whatever might be going on, let alone thinking about somebody halfway around the world, uh, God, reveal to them, give them the revelation that they need, the wisdom that they need to be able to just start with prayer and giving and and then Lord to be able to go as you as you purpose and as you provide and open doors and but I do know that we just need to say yes in the little things and be faithful in that if if you're gonna entrust greater things to us. So we want to be faithful. Help us to do that. Help us, Lord, not to get distracted by all the things of this world and, and, and the enemy's devices and schemes that just get us caught up in busyness and pursuits that at the end of the day aren't really going to matter that much. Give us clarity. Help us to focus and prioritize and help our heart to beat fast with the things that make your heart beat fast, Lord Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus.